Welcome to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast, hosted by award-winning television director, documentary filmmaker, author, and speaker, Craig D. Forrest. Join Craig for the next few minutes as he interviews leaders, artists, and creatives about trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. This podcast is produced and brought to you by Matchstick Media International. Now, here's Craig. Welcome to the podcast. It, it is the first time in the Six Ways of Sunday podcast that we have had two people as our guests, and it's a husband and wife. They are media professionals, producers, directors, writers. It's Jim and Sarah Meyer. And thank you for being our guest today. Well, thank you for having us, Craig. Thanks so much. Absolutely. They live in a gorgeous area. I want to get there sometime soon in the Southwest Black Forest area of Germany. And of course I'm in California. And um, I, will, I will say this first about Jim and Sarah. Uh, they are both producers and I know that Jim is also a director and, and Sarah is a consummate producer with organizing and inspiration and uh, administration and creativity. And they have been in Germany, oh my goodness, since, am I right, is it in the 1990s? No, we came in 2005. Okay, so 15, 15, years. 15 yeah. 16 years, yeah. And, and did I get it right that, that you speak German? At least you can get around in German, the language? Yeah, natürlich. Was yes. du, Schatz? <laughs> yes, ah. we do. <laughs> das, ist, das ist richtig. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I try. I do what I can. It's enough to get into trouble, <laughs> not, not enough to get out of trouble. That's always my problem in other languages. Well, this is, this is actually a treat for me because one of the things that, or a couple of things that uh, Jim and Sarah and I share in common is travel. And they have done uh, creative projects and travel to 75 countries. Can you talk about that for a minute? The, your uh, your uh, experience as husband and wife and partners and creatives to travel to that many countries. Wow. Um, I think it was... Um... It was exciting. I think we're both kind of adventurous that way. Um, and, you know, we just, we, we love travel. So uh, I like to, I, I like to try any kind of food. Um, so if, if other people eat it, then it must be okay. And I'll try it too. So right. that's sort of one of my mottos. Yeah. I grew up getting um, postcards from my very adventurous grandmother who was, I don't know, 60s, 70s, and even into her 80s uh, and beyond, traveling with her two best friends because their husbands had all passed away. Mm -hmm. And she would send postcards from Afghanistan and from mm -hmm. Switzerland and from, you know, wherever. And I think it started to give me the travel bug even as a child. Well, um, now the both of you met in Chicago. Did I get that right? That's correct. Mm -hmm. How did you meet? Well, well, when we were in Chicago, Jim um, had gone to art school, American Academy of Art, and was working at Leo Burnett, which is a large ad agency and was doing uh, originally storyboard artist work, right? Mm -hmm. uh, drawing TV commercials and things for Heinz and Kellogg's and McDonald's and things like that. And I moved to Chicago to dance. I was a dancer, singer, actress, and uh, ended up doing musical theater. There's a lot of dinner theaters in Chicago. Um, and yeah, so through some common friends, um, we got 
connected. And there was one woman, she was kind of like a yenta in a sense. She <laughs> just really, she, wherever we were together and a group of friends would go out for a meal, she would always finagle it that we sat in the booth next to each other, you know. Ooh. And uh, <laughs> well, it's because she knew that I had my eye on you. Yeah. And um, she had, she was a, a friend of mine that um, I actually was coming out of a hard time in my life. And she sort of was a, a mentor figure for me. And so um, I would go over to her house one night a week or so. And, and uh, we would have like a little prayer meeting kind of a thing. So okay. um, I ended up then meeting Sarah at a, a Bible study, actually. So that's how that started. You know, the sexiest thing ever is to meet your, your future spouse and partner at a Bible study. <laughs> well, at least, you know, you know, they're looking to God. And when, right. when things get tough in a relationship, that's a real help. <laughs> you know, this reminds me of one of my favorite films, uh, Crossing Delancey. Uh, it's, it's from, oh gosh, maybe 30 years ago. And it's about a matchmaker and, and such. And it's a small film, wonderfully done with Amy Irving and Pete Regert, who was in Animal House and one of my favorite films, uh, Local Hero, a Scottish film with Burt Lancaster, Crossing Delancey. Put that on your, folks, uh -huh. put, put that on your um, Amazon or Netflix or Hulu, Crossing Delancey. Maybe we'll watch it tonight. Oh, please well, do. We've seen it years ago. We saw it decades ago. But yes, I'd I should watch it again to remember why it's so memorable to you. It's, uh, Craig, it's well, it's, it would be also to you because it's it's a woman. It's a woman who felt uh, Amy Irving, actress, uh, that the character felt as though a Pete who Peter Regert's character uh, sold pickles uh, and was a pickle uh, merchandiser. And that, that was so beneath her. And then she realized at the end, uh, they, they were right for each other. Okay, enough with crossing Delancey. Now- I do remember something about pickles, yeah. Yes, yes. And he would actually, uh, you know, old school Jewish, he would, there would be these big tubs of pickles and he would literally um, put his hand in. I never thought we'd be talking about crossing Delancey and pickles. And, <laughs> And it was lower Manhattan and he would pick them out with his hands and put them in bags or whatever for the customers. And she saw it as she was going by to see him and think about him one day. And she thought, oh, that's so beneath me. But again, okay, I don't want to spoil the ending. So go okay. watch. Yeah, they'll, 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 there will How be. Interesting. We're talking about that, that those early years when we were in advertising. And yes. there was, a, there was a, a, a Jewish deli right across from where I went to art school, the American Academy of Art in downtown Chicago. Yeah. And they had amazing pickles. Right. Oh. Okay, so he's bringing that back around. You see how he did that, Craig? You know what? Here's the deal. Right after our, our conversation, I got to go find a place for pickles. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> now, you, uh, um, with, uh, with you, Jim, not only did you get a degree at American Academy of Art, but you also went to New York Film Academy. Do I have that right? You do. It wasn't um, when I was young. It was 30 years later. Oh, wow. You know what? So, you decided after all of your uh, experience to go back and, and uh, fine-tune the craft. Yeah, because when I went to art school, I learned to draw and paint. And because I could draw, 
um, I got a job as a storyboard artist and being in an advertising firm, I started drawing TV commercials and I started seeing, actually um, the, the agency would come to me and ask me to do the agency recommended storyboards sure. because I would add extra things into the story that ended up in the TV commercial. Uh -huh. And um, so uh, next thing you know, I have a fascination with making commercials and then uh, the Leo Burnett advertising firm moved me into a Kellogg's group and I started making commercials as an art director oh, wow. and coming up with concepts that were end up being filmed. And so as I l came through the back door, um, I never really knew how to hold a camera. I never really knew how to light. I was on big sets with, you know, fairly large budget commercials and I would watch crews, but I didn't really know what they what they did. And then some 30 years later, after we'd traveled around and, you know, multitudes of documentaries and I had learned how to hold a camera, we learned how to edit. But I realized in in writing feature films and editing feature films and storytelling, that's a real specific craft. Yes. And yeah. just knowing how to interview somebody with three point lighting and mm -hmm. ask good questions is very different than crafting a, a story beat that turns from negative to positive and, and then how do you do that visually? And so after uh, some time, I, I really wanted to get to the next level in storytelling and wanted to be able to tell feature stories. So I, w I went to an intensive New York Film Academy in 2015 uh, to fill in the gaps, basically, and sure. learn the things that I kind of, a lot of which we learned on the, in the School of Hard Knocks sure. over all those years. But there's a lot of things that really is just helpful to learn from somebody who knows as a professional. So right. that's why I'm back. Got it. You know, you, your background reminds me and for all those listening on the Six Ways to Sunday podcast across the world, um, there are a number of famous directors that never went to film school. And one that we could use that would be very apropos for your background is Ridley Scott, who still is, is creating and directing phenomenal films. And he's in his 80s. And he does not have a film school background. He has a background as an illustrator and as an artist. And he will, he will actually design and draw his scenes. He can see it visually and he will draw it. Uh, and if you do any behind the scenes uh, looks at him, uh, absolutely, he came up through commercials. He's done way more commercials than he's done feature films. And then he went into feature films from there. You have something very, very similar in that way. Uh, and he's done oh, thousands of commercials along the way as well. So that's my, um, my inspiration for people that have never been to film school. If you can draw it, you can see it visually then you're on the way to putting scenes together. And you're right, Jim, in the sense that um, documentaries, uh, working with and interviewing people that are non-professionals, amateurs, real people, it's different than feature films where you're trying to tell a story uh, cinematically, et cetera. Enjoying our conversation and interview on this podcast with Jim and Sarah Meyer. We'll be back in just a moment. You've been listening to the Six Ways to Sunday podcast with Craig D. Forrest, brought to you by Matchstick Media International. 
dedicated to excellence in media through inspiration, vision, and education. To learn more, visit us on the web at matchstickmedia.org. That's matchstickmedia.org. Your generous donations, large or small, help defray costs for producing this creative podcast. Thanks for listening and subscribing. Okay, I want to switch over to, to Sarah for a second. So you've been married to this wonderful man, and he's been married to this beautiful, talented woman that you are. And it's been many, many years. You've had some adventures along the way, and your hearts must have been similar in the sense that you wanted to do something globally uh, mm -hmm. with your professional talents. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Well, while we were in Chicago, um, we ended up being asked to go to the Philippines. This would have been in 1989. Um, we got married in 1985. And so in 89, we went to the Philippines and um, we did a documentary on uh, this this ministry there, actually. It was a midwife ministry. Yeah, it was wow. basically for um, squatter people who couldn't afford to go to the hospital and they would just have their babies, you know, out in these squatter homes and either the baby or the mother or both would be dying. And this woman was just like, this cannot be happening. And so they, she and her husband opened up their home, which had multiple bedrooms they got for the purpose of being able to have all these women come do prenatal care, um, teaching them classes to get rid of some of the superstitious beliefs and all that, sure. um, and teach them about, you know, preparing what it's going to be like to be a mother and birthing the children right there. And then actually, um, being able to then care, how do you care for the child? And so we were there, it was our, our first time to be there. And I have to say, um, it was basically our first night and their house was packed with a number of women who were gonna pop at any time. And lo and behold, I mean, we're jet lagging, you know, you're halfway around the world. So it's night and it's day and it's day and it's night over there. And three in the morning, they wake us up, we're completely jet lagged. We each, we get out our cameras to film and the tenseness of the room of this one woman who was going into labor was so intense that all of a sudden you hear this thud and it's me passing out. Oh my. Hitting the floor. You can hear, and, it, from, you can hear it from the recording and that the cameras had. Yeah, and, oh and you see everybody racing out of the room and coming to you know care for me and the, and the midwife is like, get back here, we've got a baby coming, you know. Right. Anyway, that was kind of our baptism into um, filmmaking. And uh, anyway, but we did travel to a variety of islands to film a variety of people and create this documentary. And wow, was that a tremendous uh, time. And so we thought, well, maybe this is something, you know, we had used our um, vacation time and some time off without pay to be gone for those, to be gone for three weeks, took a week when we got back just to cut the video together and then, you know, went right back to work. Well, then we thought, well, maybe we could take more time off and, you know, vacation time the next year. And we ended up actually going to India. We ended up filming um, in five and a half, five 
and a half weeks with five different locations. And honestly, the only five time- Five different organizations, actually. Yeah, it was five different organizations. Yeah, probably more than lots five, of- Five different video projects. Right. Sure. sure. But the only, what we didn't realize is that from the time we touched down in their city on our little plane, until the time we took off again, they packed out our time. So we had a week per place. Because we donated it. Yeah. Right. And so we only, the only rest we got was on the plane in between cities. <laughs> and I would say having been to India a bunch of times and yeah. you have, you have uh, organizations that have packed your time that you probably don't remember those flights very well because you were asleep on the plane. Right. <laughs> Yeah, okay. except for the one time when it was quite amazing. I, I literally fell asleep immediately and Jim got um, woken up by a steward who asked if Jim would go up to the cockpit to talk because the captain wanted to talk to him. Okay. And the plane wasn't that, wasn't that full. It was a 727, yeah. And okay. it was, and uh, so I went up to the cockpit. We, we were flying from Delhi to Agra Mm -hmm. and that's a uh, short that's a short flight it's yeah a, it's a short flight and as we're up in the cockpit the the um pilots asks me if i wanted to change u.s dollars to rupees oh my and, and i and i thought oh gosh this is a trap i don't want to get in trouble so so i declined i said no thank you I, we have enough rupees and, and he asked again and and uh, he was he loved Americans. He had been in the in the military on in the Air Force on an exchange program in America. So he loved Americans. So then he asks more emphatically because he wants to be a friend. And I declined him. So now all of a sudden he feels shamed a little bit. Okay. And so then he he uh, asked me if I want to sit in the co-pilot seat. And then he asked me, he said, look, you can put your hands on the, on the steering column here. And, and it, how does it's that- It's a commercial flight <laughs> and he's asking. <laughs> so so I'm feeling really nervous by this time. And we're pulling, we're, we're flying into Agra and you can see, he goes, look, there's the Taj Mahal. Would you like to see it? So he does a loop around the Taj Mahal. Oh, this, is, a, this is like a short film. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And I think they must've needed to-, to um, he was flying in too early or something, so he was stalling time. But they did a they did a loop around the Taj Mahal, banked around the Taj Mahal, so we could see it. And then he says, "Well, why don't you strap in the jump seat? We're coming in for a landing." So, <laughs> so I got to sit in the in the cockpit. So we've had so many. Oh, um, you should you uh, have you have to write these things down. If you haven't yeah. done them already, please do them. Yeah, yeah, and 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 this comes off of. Uh, a whole nother hour long story, which I won't go into. Um, we were originally supposed to fly to Calcutta and that flight never happened. So um, we had to get on this flight. So um, it, we've got story after story from experiences like that. And, and it's made our lives uh, amazingly colorful. And it's also helped us to become very patient. Right. You know, if you're somewhere and there's a really loud noise or somebody's tap, 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 and, you, and you're just like, oh, that's starting to bug me. And then, you know, you, you learn from just being in these different countries where things are so different from what you're familiar with. I mean, when we were on it, one time we took a train in India, we were on third class because it was oh my. just the cheapest and you're, we just you're, wanted- you're, you're back with the goats. Yeah, we were with the goats, the firewood, the giant bags of rice, and the chickens. and chickens. And 
and we're sitting there and all of a sudden, and it's, I mean, you know, India is like crazy hot, right? The temperature is right. really hot. I made the mistake of wearing shorts. Ooh. So Jim is wearing Ooh. shorts and he's, you can't see, but he's blonde hair, blue eyed. And so of course his leg hair, he's got like blonde leg hair. Well, Indian, beautiful Indian people, you know, they're all brown hair, brown eyes, and um, not always a lot of facial hair and things like that. And so all of a sudden, Jim's like, ah, it felt like a bee sting or something on his leg. And he looked down and here this woman had like pulled on his leg hair because she was- <laughs> She was plucking my leg hair. She was trying to see if it was real or what uh -huh. is that, you know, right. super great. So, so yeah. Jim, so Jim, did you get her number? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no, I was already married at that point. Oh yeah. yeah, that's right. That's a joke, just a joke. Now, how did you, how did you, uh, by the way, how can people find you, Jim and Sarah, it's Jimstone Media. Um, tell, tell people if they want to reach out to you, where, uh, you know, where on the web uh, can they find sure. you? Sure. Um, we are the directors of a media organization or a film company called Gemstone Media, and you can find it on the internet at uh, gemstone-media.com, okay. G-E-M-S-T-O-N-E-M-E-D-I-A.com. Very insightful conversation with Jim and Sarah Meyer living in Europe, filmmakers who have shot and traveled all over the world. Hope you join us for more of this conversation in our next episode. This podcast features engaging conversations with leaders, artists, and creatives sharing about current trends and insights shaping our digital world and faith-based media. Today's episode is produced by Matchstick Media International, a nonprofit that's passionate about inspiring both visionary leaders and young creatives to harness the power of media to further the gospel. To learn more, visit us at matchstickmedia.org. Now, back to Craig.